Mama Joba. This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com. And welcome to the Tbilisi Podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi, Georgia. I'm your host, Meg, and with me today is my wonderful husband, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, yeah, husband and co-host here today. Yes, yes, we are uh, hanging out in our apartment, recording some podcasts, and we're going to talk about why it's a good idea to travel or move to Georgia. This is one of the first episodes we're going to be releasing of the podcast, and we think it's a good way to kick things off because you know people are sitting out there going why should i go to georgia what's so great about it tell me please well, tell me a lot of people listening might be sitting there going i don't want to go to the us so uh, we've got a <laughs> i think if you reach this podcast you probably already realize we're talking about the country of georgia but um yeah a lot of people haven't even really heard of this country so maybe you've just even heard of it for the first time and then found our podcast pretty much straight away after doing that. Who knows? But if you don't know a lot about Georgia, or even if you already arrived here and are thinking about maybe staying a bit longer, and uh, like many of us, like us, for example, we, we came here the first time, then a second time, and then we ended up moving here and relocating permanently. So you might be thinking, should I stay longer? I'm not sure. Maybe you'd like to know the reasons why. Well, we're going to tell you in this episode. Yeah, so if you do want to learn a little bit more about us, head back to the first episode where we sort of discuss us and how we ended up moving here. But I'm sure we will sort of cover that again in this episode because it is sort of important about what it is that we fell in love with that made us actually move here because we did actually come here as travelers a couple of times before we made the decision to set up shop and call Tbilisi home. So, yeah, it wasn't just like, because we have actually met lots of people that just go, I'm moving to Tbilisi. This is happening. I've never been there before. Tell me everything I need to know about it. Yeah, pretty wide spectrum of people who come here, love it and never leave, all the way through to people who've barely just heard of the place and then gone, actually, I'm just going to move there. Why not? Uh, we got a whole range of people through our doors. So it's quite a surprise uh, with everyone's stories. So our story, as we said, is back in episode one. But we'll probably cover a few parts of that as we go along because that's how these things work. So, Meg, what's what's like the first thing on the agenda if people are going to travel, uh, like come to Georgia for the first time? Perhaps what's like the the main draw cards? Let's talk through some of those. Absolutely, if you're coming here as a tourist. So one of the things that people find very appealing, we found it very appealing, was the fact that it's still a relatively undiscovered destination. So even you know we're talking in a in a COVID world currently. It is 2022 when we're releasing this, so we're still right in the midst of all of that. Pre-COVID, it was still very undiscovered place, so you could still, you know, get around town and it wasn't just like absolutely heaving with other tourists getting around, getting in the way of like your pictures that you're trying to take of certain landmarks and you're not getting really horribly hassled for booking tours and stuff like that there was a little bit of it around but it wasn't really really terrible so it's still a place that a lot of people haven't heard of it's very new to the tourism scene they're really sort of doing a big push to get more people to come here and discover it and so it's a little baby tourism country and they're really 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 just sort of finding their feet at the moment what we're saying is it's not rome 
it's not Lisbon where you literally you try and go on like a walking tour or something and there's like 50 of you on a walking tour all crowded together trying to see a couple of things and hear what the guide's saying like it it is like sure right in the very middle of the very middle downtown um square there's during busy season back in 2019 before covid it was a bit busy most of the time during the summer but now uh even during the summer you're literally walking around with only a small amount of people uh, that's going to change. Of course, that's going to change really soon. Maybe it's going to change this year. Maybe it's going to change by next year. We don't know. But the point is, even as soon as you get out of that main tourist square, you are not just bumping into other foreign tourists constantly. Uh, you're bumping into a lot of locals and you still feel like this country is somewhere that is welcoming guests as uh, as sort of new, wonderful people to be here rather than going, oh, those tourists, more tourists in the way all the time standing in the middle of the street when I'm trying to drive my car taking photos. <laughs> we don't have those sorts of problems here yet, which is great. So undiscovered destination is the number one. So what's next? Uh, so some of the things that it has to offer. So one of the main places that you will probably start in will be either Tbilisi or Kutaisi, but we'll talk about Kutaisi another time. But you will most likely probably arrive in Tbilisi. Tbilisi is the capital city. Uh, and there is a lot that is on offer just in the capital. So we've got lots of really, really old history. I cannot begin to tell you how old this country is. It is crazy, crazy old. Like the first ever evidence of the upright walking man, uh, the Homus erectus, was actually the bones were found 45 minutes away from here. Homo erectus, but yes. What did I say? Homus erectus. <laughs> could I... also, or hummus erectus, hummus maybe. Hummus erectus. Your upright hummus, I think. We're close to the Middle East. We're getting there. So you yeah. Know. If you've got a, like a piece of carrot sticking out of your hummus, that's a hummus erectus. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all we're talking about here. So, I mean, you can get hummus because we are close to the Middle East, as you said. But um, homo erectus was walking around here upright uh, 1.8 million years ago or just a little more than that. Not necessarily in the city of Tbilisi, because they hadn't really founded that at that point. That was more sort of 6th century and a little bit before. But we're going to talk about those sort of super in-depth history things in in other episodes, because that would be an hour or two in itself. So obviously, the city of Tbilisi itself does have a lot of history back to the 6th century. Lots of old buildings, old churches, amazing vistas. Uh, It's built on hills. So you go up one hill and you've got a view across the other side of the, the whole city and there's so many different places to just walk up a bit of hill and then see lots of amazing architecture and, and people doing things at the distance, wandering around the park and getting lunch and all this sort of stuff. So that's really good. And speaking of food, they do have some food and wine, so I've heard. Yes, that is one of the main things people who have heard of Georgia do hear about first, food and wine. In fact, it is the birthplace of wine here in Georgia. 8,000 years of winemaking culture going on here. So it's some old stuff. And since the Soviets went away, they have really started to come out and and find all of these old grapes that have had disappeared during that time. And there's some really exciting different little blends that they're doing with their wine now. Some of the young winemakers are coming out. They're doing some really interesting stuff. And they're still doing it in the traditional ways that they were actually burying the wine in these quarries, in these clay jars under the ground. They're doing it the same way that they were doing it all those years ago. It's really fascinating. And if you're not into the history of it, it's just some good wine. Yeah. 
yeah, you can just come and drink the wine if you're not too bothered about going out and finding out more about it. Uh, or you can go out and meet the winemakers in person. Because one of the most interesting things about this country is it's not like, oh, there's a whole bunch of big wine factories and that's where you get the wine from. We are talking a huge culture of artisan winemaking. We're talking pretty much everybody who lives in the country makes their own wine if they live in an area where it's fertile enough and has the right climate, which is a vast majority of the country, by the way. So mm-hmm. it, like, pretty much everywhere is a wine region with different sort of styles, different types of grapes. They've got over 500 endemic grapes, so they're making lots of different things. Not all of those are used to make wine, but the ones that are are pretty unique, and they're not things you're necessarily going to have tasted elsewhere. So, and the food, of course, we're going to do a whole episode on the food. We're going to do a whole episode on the wine at some point. But um, the food, we've got hachapuri, which is like cheese-filled bread. It's not pizza. Don't call it pizza. It's really not. It's a Georgian hachapuri is not Georgian pizza. And also kenkhali, which is the dumplings, stuffed dumplings. A bit like uh, xiaolongbao in, in Shanghai. So like a dumpling that's sort of filled with more of a liquidy, soupy meat. Uh, but you can get vegetarian ones. You can get vegan ones. So with mushrooms in or, yeah, the veggie ones with cheese in. Lots of different cool things with those. And there is so much food to try while you're here. And it's it's a comfort food country as well, which is really amazing. So it's it's not all fine dining. It's lots of hanging out with the locals, going to their house and trying different dishes that they made. And just uh, amazingly umptious comfort food, uh, which is something I love that. I love that, going to those places and doing that sort of experience. Honestly, if you're like, do you like cheese? Yes. Do you like meat? Do you like bread? If you said yes to all of those things, you're going to love Georgia. Or if you say yes to any of those things, I think you're you're going to be happy anyway. Yeah. But especially if you like meat and cheese, because there's plenty of that getting around. Mm-hmm. So we did touch base on about like the history of this place. And, you know, there's lots of different periods that Georgia has been through throughout history, which means there is a fascinating culture here. Now, a lot of people who don't know a lot about Georgia, but might have maybe looked it up on a map, you'll see that it is part of the former Soviet Union uh, back in the day, and it is now its own country. Now, if you've ever been to a former Soviet places, they do tend to have a little bit of a post-Soviet feel to them. And one of the things we were really fascinated about Georgia when we got here was the fact that it is just Georgia. Their culture has just come roaring back. They've got dancing. They've got singing. Their polyphonic singing, which is incredible. Uh, we spoke like about UNESCO listed intangible heritage singing. Uh, it was included on the the 1972 Voyager One gold disc. The first bit of information to go out to the universe from Earth. Georgian singing was included on that. That's how special this is as a cultural heritage. Yeah. Their costumes from, you know, even that they still wear at their weddings, even today, the, 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 the clothes that they wear. And I mean, a lot of people getting around the streets now just wear regular clothes. But when they get married or they have special occasions, you do see them have their traditional clothing come out. And it's like, oh, the culture here is so fascinating. And they're so proud of it. And one of the other things that they have is their own unique language and alphabet as well. Three alphabets to be precise. Uh, so, you know, it's just that little bit different. It, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's discovering a new, a new culture, a new place with, with so much history that you didn't know actually existed. Yeah. And it is not an Eastern European stereotype, which I, I think that's sort of the thing. If you saw the news and maybe you heard in the 90s or something back in the day when they were recovering from the Soviet period, 
and a lot of countries in Eastern Europe were recovering from that Soviet period. And the news stories sort of painted everything as just being the same, grey tower blocks, eating lots of cabbage or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know, it's crazy stereotypes that come up, but Georgia is Georgia. Georgia is not like Romania. Georgia is not like Bulgaria. Georgia is not like Armenia, even. I mean, a little bit more so, but definitely not like Armenia, really. So even though we're right next door. So it's its own country. It's Georgia. It, it just It's completely separate. And when you come here, you'll sort of understand the way things are done and the way people are and the way they, they host you is completely Georgian, which we love. That's one of the reasons we fell in love with the place and we still live here today. One of the things we haven't mentioned yet is that Georgia was actually the second country in the entire world to adopt Christianity as its main religion. So there are some old churches that have uh, their UNESCO sites. There's also a lot of nature here. The wine, of course. was Is that UNESCO? Is that cause it's... Uh, The Quevery method is uh, intangible heritage as well, making in the clay pot like that, because this was the first country to do it, as we said, 8,000 years ago. And when it comes to the nature, one of the most interesting facts I like about the, the natural world that you'll find in Georgia is it's got 12 unique climate zones, even though this country is really quite small. There's like three and a half, four million people. You can drive from one side all the way across, like from the border of Azerbaijan all the way across the country to the Black Sea where Batumi is uh, in about eight or nine hours, something like that. And that's even with like, I mean, there's not even a highway directly. So that's going on some highway, some smaller roads. We're not like saying there's a super highway and it'll take nine hours because that would make it seem like it's actually quite far. Uh, it's not really. Uh, and that even for a country this side to have 12 climate zones, we've got the high mountains with all the snow and the ski resorts in the winter. We've got fertile valleys where the wine grows. We've got plateaus where they're dry and cold in the winter and just a high level, uh, high altitude living in the south. And we've got sort of more deserty landscapes also towards the south. And then we've got like a semi, semi-humid subtropical um, climate over in Batumi uh, by the Black Sea. And then many more things in between as well. So there's so much going on in terms of you just walk, well, not walk, but maybe drive, let's say drive. So you drive <laughs> two hours out of Tbilisi in any direction and you can be hitting a completely different climate zone. If you go south, it's, it's getting drier. If you're going east, it's getting more fertile towards the Caucasus Mountains. If you're going north, you're going straight into the Caucasus Mountains and the ski resorts and the, and the high mountain climate. It, it's fantastic. I really, really love the fact that this city is so central, uh, but so, so much variety is within such a short reach. And I will be doing an episode about like the best places to go within like two hours of Tbilisi as well. Whether you're an expat or whether you're a tourist coming here for the first time, it's always really cool to sort of get out of the, the capital and go and see as many things as possible. So that'll be a really good episode. Yeah, it is really just a country of someone that likes a little bit of everything. I think the one of the main tourism slogans they have is for uh, spend four seasons in Georgia. So pretty much you can come here any season and you will find something absolutely fascinating to do. You come here in the winter and there's some incredible skiing. You come here in the summer and there's some wonderful hiking. There's, of course, wine and food all year round. Yeah. Uh, there's hot springs that you can go and experience. There are adventure experiences where you can go hand gliding. One of the best places to go hand gliding is in Gadowri in the autumn time or fall for anybody who likes to call it fall. Um, it's beautiful. The orange and red, it's like the landscape is on fire. It's the most beautiful season to go to just like sail through the sky and just see it from up above. Like lots of, and, and, and everything down to like river rafting and 
uh, biking. There's, oh my goodness, everything can be done in this tiny little fantastic country. Horse riding. Uh, you could even go and shoot various types of weapons. <laughs> so, so, like, uh, it's one of those places where, let's say, regulations are not quite as enforced as they are in places like in the EU. Uh, it's so, still even though a little we're in bit Europe, fun. Yeah. It's a little bit young and fun. Yeah. Young and fun. And uh, definitely, health and safety is not the top priority, but uh, people still make sure you have a good time. So, you know, if you want to be a little freer and not be living under too many rules, then Georgia's definitely a good place for that. And I mentioned before about the hospitality. I think the hospitality is one of the best parts of Georgia. The way I'm I'm talking about two different types of hospitality, though. You've got the hospitality where you go to restaurants uh, and you've got someone who's 17 years old with no training, not really being particularly helpful. That side of things, not so great. But then you go to any family home, which is actually something that's very common to be able to go out and just yeah have dinner with the with the families here. Uh, or you go to any sort of like privately owned place uh, and you cannot leave. They will make you stay. If you try to leave, there will just be drinks coming out as you're trying to walk to the car. They've got shots of cha-cha, which is like the local hooch. It's a bit like grappa. Uh, and they're like bringing that to you and chasing you down the driver being like, don't leave yet. Oh no! Hang on, I've got I've got some cheese for you as well on a plate. Like, don't go. It is like loading up oh. your backpack with fruit from their garden when you're trying to <laughs> trying to go and get in the van. It's if amazing. you've ever been to one of those destinations where, or even just someone's household where, if you actually finish all of the food on your plate, they will just pile it up again. So you, it's one of those places where you need to make sure to pace yourself because you can overeat because it's so good. Such good food, but if you actually do eat everything on your plate, they will make sure that it is heaped up again. So if yeah, if you've ever been to one of those places where you just got to remember to leave food on your plate, as much as you hate to waste, you got to leave a little bit of something. Otherwise, they're going to think you're still hungry, and they always think that you haven't ordered enough food here. If you do go to a restaurant, they're always they're like, "Do you want some bread with that? Maybe you should order like another main dish." They always think you haven't ordered enough food, and it's hilarious. It, the hospitality when you get into the homes is something truly special. And, and, and as Tom said, they literally will be tra- chasing you to your car with bags of fruit freshly picked from their garden. They've put like a torch in their teeth and they've gone out into the garden to pick everything for you. And so you don't go away empty handed. Bottles of wine and, and whatever gifts they can give you, homemade cheese. It's yeah, it's really something special. It's really based on the foundation that in Georgian folklore and tradition, guests are a gift from God, specifically, very specifically, because they had so many wars and so many hard times that if people came here as guests, as friends, then they were instantly part of the family because they're not trying to kill all of your family. So it was a big thing. Uh, yeah, really and of was. course we've and got Mother Georgia. Today. Mother Georgia is one of the big monuments here in Tbilisi. You can't miss her. She's right up on the hillside. And in one hand she has a sword and in the other hand she has a, a cup of wine. And it's that saying of like, if you come here as an enemy, I will fight you. But if you come here as a friend, I will give you my wine and, and you are welcome to, to be here. And also, we mentioned before that uh, if you love meat and cheese and bread, it's the place for you. But it honestly, it's not just all about meat. Uh, vegetarians are also very welcome here. Even during the Lent periods at Easter, they have fasting menus, but the fasting menus are available all year round. And the fasting menus are based off sort of vegetarian and some even some vegan food as well. So everyone's going to be happy and have things to eat. Uh, don't think it's uh, like Mongolia, where you just literally will eat meat for a month if you go to Mongolia, which <laughs> is crazy. 
no, we, we have lots of different variety of food. And of course, because it's such a nice fertile place, fruit and vegetables, especially during the summer, are amazing. And yeah, we talked a lot about the wine. We talked a lot about the landscape. And I think probably the last thing to mention just for general travelers coming here who may fall in love with the place and stay forever is safety. I mean, Meg, as, as a lady here, like hanging out, what, what do you think about the safety situation? Yeah, basically you would keep the same level of precaution as you would anywhere else in the world. So, you know, you wouldn't be, I, I definitely have felt safe to walk home by myself at night. Uh, I have felt that safe here, but I think you still need to have a, a strong precaution level here as, as you would anywhere else in the world, as you would in your own hometown get going home from a, a pub or from a friend's house or something like that, the same level of precaution. There are a couple of apps they have actually installed now that you can put into your phone that will, if you do have any issues, you can automatically get in contact with the police or and it will actually send out a locator sort of thing so that not only will it send out a, a call to the police, it will automatically tell them where you are and where you need assistance. So there's a couple of apps that you can use uh, and we'll put links into the show notes for for those as well so that you can download those apps and and yeah it's it I, I think a, lo- a lot of women do cu- travel here as solo female travelers they go hiking they go camping uh, they travel here and and they they do feel perfectly safe as as they would anywhere else in the world yeah all in all the issues that have occurred in the past have been very very rare and when we also talk about safety, it's not just solo female travel safety, but just we mentioned that health and safety in general is a, a little bit sketchy in places. Definitely the driving standard is probably one of the things that even Georgians will admit is pretty bad compared to many other countries in the world. So, you know, wear a seatbelt for a start. If there is no seatbelt in the vehicle that picks you up, you can always just tell them I'm not going to go with you and get another taxi instead. You know, it's not fun or to have to do that. But yeah, you know, some taxis don't have seatbelts. That's frustrating. Sit in the front, always an option as well. But like actual sort of violent crime and uh, even pickpocketing, which of course pickpocketing is really bad in some places like Barcelona and Paris, these big tourist destinations. Pickpocketing has become like a horrible scourge on the whole society. We just don't really have that here. No, it's Petty basically crime and unheard stuff just of. Yeah, yeah, we don't hear about it much. So, I mean, I've done, as I said, it's, it's not that that doesn't happen but it's very rare that that it actually happens we really don't hear about anything like that very much i think it's one of those things because it's such a strong family society it's like if you got caught pickpocketing you'd have to not only would you have to answer to the police you'd have to answer to your grandma and she would be the most fearsome person to answer to out of all of them forget the police grandma's gonna give you a talking to and that's scary no one wants to be in grandma prison there'll be no cake for you for a year (laughs) <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. No catch of purry for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So overall, the consensus is, I, I'm like the crime rate in general, if you look up statistics, is low here. It really is. In the 1990s, when there was looting and stuff going on, that's literally because the Soviet Union collapsed. Uh, any of those pictures and video that you had from 20 years ago, that does not happen anymore. It is not a thing. There are still bars on the windows and there are still big, strong metal doors on every apartment from that sort of that historic attitude to, to your protecting your house. But really, it's not needed because crime just isn't happening. That said, uh, do also realize that it is very possible, while most people are very honest here, it is possible that you will pay foreigner prices for certain things, certain taxis. If you don't use an app, if you actually try and get into a taxi and barter yourself, uh, you will end up paying foreigner price. There are some tourist stores downtown that you will end up paying foreigner price. Uh, It's just 
it happens. So, I mean, if it's not too outrageous, don't find yourself, you know, fighting with people over 50 cents or a dollar, you know, or anything like that. Just realize that there are some foreigner price things. And if you feel like you're being ripped off, then walk away. But if it's nothing too much, then just roll with it. It's it's usually not too much extra. Yeah. And, and airport taxis are by far the worst. And that's everyone's first experience of arriving to Georgia. So if you get approached by a tout in the car park to take you in a taxi, they're going to try and charge you sort of 50 to 70 euros rather than the local rate, which is sort of 30 to 40 Georgian lari, or even less if you use a taxi app. And 30 lari, it's three Georgian lari to the US dollar at the moment. So that's about 10 US dollars instead of 50 to 70 euros, which is what they try and charge, or dollars. I mean, literally, they'll just throw any number at you that's extremely expensive and expect you to pay it. Uh, so just walk away. Pretty easy. People just don't, they don't get super aggressive ever unless you become aggressive back towards them and it escalates then it's normally fine. Just be polite and walk away. And then they normally just they take it as a message and they try someone else. So that's always a big one. But we're going to do an arrival guides uh, in the next episode, I think. So uh, that's going to cover all of that sort of stuff in more detail and all the other bits you need to know when you're coming here for the first time. So we've covered quite a lot of stuff uh, on why to come here. Let's move on and talk about why to stay here. Because we know so many people who came here on their first trip or second trip. Uh, we're here a few weeks and they're still here two years, three years later. They just can't help themselves. It's such an easy country to live in. So what's like your the number one first thing uh, that makes it super easy to stay here? I mean, obviously, the number one thing that everybody goes, what is the one year visa free entry on arrival for certain countries? So you have to make sure that the country that you are from is eligible for that visa waiver. But yeah, it's a visa-free entry for, it's 95 different countries that are on uh, that list. Yeah, 95. I think they added Jordan. I think Jordan makes it 96. So the country of Jordan. Welcome, Jordan. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of countries, all the EU countries. Pretty, I mean, pretty much every European country, not just the EU. So Switzerland and Scandinavia also that aren't in the EU. The ones from there that aren't, they are welcome. Canada, USA, Mexico, I believe, Argentina, like lots of South American countries as well, Brazil. So a huge proportion of the planet, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, it's a big, big list. I mean, 95 countries, it's half the planet, isn't it? Really? Yeah, so Pretty if much. you've done some extensive travel, you would know how much of a pain it is to be figuring out how long you're allowed to stay in certain places before you have to move on. And then can you move in, especially if you're doing the Shenzhen and Europe, like what countries have I been in that are part of the zone and how long have I stayed and when do I have to let leave and how long do I have to leave for and blah, 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 blah. Here it is one year, baby. So I think it's one of the reasons I we don't know how long it's going to stay like that for, but take advantage of it while you can because what a great deal. And honestly, when it's time to leave, you can go across, go visit Armenia, come back, and it's renewed for another year. Yeah, you can pretty much come back the same day. Or some people don't even go to Armenia. They just go to the border. They go through the Georgian side, never go through the Armenian side, come straight back through the Georgian side and get another year. Uh, as we said, they might crack down on this at any point. Uh, and stop allowing that, or they may change the visa conditions to be 90 and 180 days, like uh, they, they have in a lot of other countries that are trying to come in line with the EU. But right now, that one year is is pretty amazing, so do take advantage of it. And if you want to stay longer and you want more flexibility, then getting residency here is relatively easy. Uh, we have residency. It's a good thing to have if you actually plan to live here, rather than just be coming in and out and being a digital nomad or whatever. Uh, but we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, I think one of the other main things, one of the, the biggest wins for people living here, well, actually for people coming here as tourists as well, is uh, 
just the cost of living in general. It's really, really low. Yeah, affordable living. So we currently have a two-bedroom apartment with a separate kitchen and uh, we've got a bathroom and an extra toilet and, and lovely view and we pay 500 USD a month. So, and you know, and that's for a nice place. So basically, and we're going to do like a neighborhood guide and you can see the difference in prices depending on where you live and what sort of property that you choose to rent or, you know, of course, Airbnbs are a whole different ball game. But uh, there's everything from, you know, you can get quite cheap share accommodation that if you find some other people here that you want to go in and, you know, share some uh, a place with people and go in and get an affordable place that way. Or, you know, up to like a nice luxury penthouse that you can get. Uh, homes, you can rent full homes. If you've got a family, there are full homes that you can rent. Very affordable prices. Houses, specifically. I would consider our apartment a home as well. So. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So you can go rent a five-bedroom house uh, out in the north of the city, like uh, in a bit more of a suburban area with a bit of a garden. So those are options as well. I mean, we've got everything, but most people do live in apartments, especially if you want to live anywhere close to the downtown areas, which most expats do. And we'll talk about that in the the neighborhoods guide to be more specific about which areas. So listen out for that episode that's coming. So I'm going to let you talk about the next point because you're a little bit more of an expert on it. But this is also a big one for people that are wanting to move here uh, and have businesses. They, They have their own business. Yeah, well, if you live here... Uh, you have to pay taxes. I mean, I think some people think because they arrive on a visa-free entry that's designed for tourists, that that means that they're completely exempt for tax for the next 20 years when they go in and out and keep renewing that visa or the visa-free. It's not even renewing a visa. It's just re-entering for free. Uh, This is completely untrue. Uh, It's a massive myth. It's completely untrue in every country, really. Most digital nomads are probably evading tax in some way uh, by spending significant time in countries where they haven't registered or whatever. But uh, with Georgia, you might actually want to be registered here and you might purposefully want to stay here 183 days each year to be a tax resident because of the 1% tax rate for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Uh, This is an amazing program. It's probably one of the lowest tax rates I've ever seen around the world. You really can earn quite a lot on this as well. Uh, Currently, the limit is 500,000 Georgian Lari, which is about 165,000 US dollars per year. So if you earn less than 165k a year you and you run your own business rather than being employed by someone, uh, then you can most likely get this 1% tax rate and pay just 1% on your turnover. Uh, there's a few other like small taxes uh, on top of that, but most of those don't really affect people very much. So the takeaway is the taxes are super low. And you can get your certificate that you can show to, to England or other EU countries that, well, I live here, so this is my tax rate and I shouldn't be paying tax in England anymore. Uh, Obviously, if you're from the US, that's a more complicated story, and we'll talk about that in another episode. But yeah, if you're actually a business owner, if you're a freelancer, uh, this is one of the best programs possible. If you're an employee, the tax rates are also really low, Uh, 20% flat rate. So if you're on quite a high wage, that works out pretty well. If you're on a really low wage, it may or may not be better than where you were already living. So it does depend. But yeah, taxes are a big one, and we're going to do like a full episode on taxes. But the 1% tax rate is something you can Google or you can find those episodes if you're listening to this uh, long after we recorded it and we've already released them. Take a look through uh, and take a look at the tax at the taxes because, yeah, you do have to pay tax. You can't just come here and evade tax forever, which people do. Uh, and that can be very bad if they get caught, of course. So apart from that, now, also, yeah, there are lots of places to live in Georgia and we'll talk about other places. But today, I think we'll just keep focusing on Tbilisi. Uh, and why would you live in Tbilisi? What's, what's like the best reasons to live here? 
So actually, a lot of people ask why we chose to move in Tbilisi because I think you see pictures from maybe the villages or, you know, different things and you think that Georgia is a bit of a, uh, you know, it's still catching up. But when you get into Tbilisi, you'll realize that it is actually a modern happening city. The city is absolutely thriving. So you've got brand name shopping here. People wonder where I go shopping. I go shopping at H&M. I go shopping at Zara. Like all yeah. those like people are like, my mom, bless her, you know, sent a Christmas package and she sent some Nutella. And I was like, well, I can get that at the shop, mom. But I can get that at the corner she, store. The corner store. She sent it all the way from Australia, bless her, thinking that it's just, it was a special thing that I couldn't get here. Yes, there are things I can't get here. I cannot get Vegemite. I cannot. Halloumi. Oh, where's the halloumi? Where's the halloumi? Yeah, we've got of friends. Have it now. Yeah, we got friends working on that one. Uh, you fast internet, fast internet. Like if you, yeah, as we said, if you do work online and internet is what you need to survive, this is the place you will. Hundred megabit internet throughout almost all of Tbilisi and even out into some of the countryside areas and, and definitely in the other major cities like yep. Batumi and Kutaisi and, and Talavi even as well, I believe. So, all at a very affordable rate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like uh, $10, $12 a month for like a 40 meg connection. It's it's crazy cheap. Yeah. It's super easy. Tbilisi also has an amazing variety of restaurants. Uh, while it's not as versatile as some other capital cities, uh, they're, they're doing pretty good. You know, we've got some good Korean places here. A couple of Mexican places have opened up. Japanese. Japanese. Plenty of sushi. Too much cream cheese, in my opinion, always. But, you know, it's more American-style sushi rather than Japanese-style. Burgers, pizzas, all of that sort of stuff you can get your hands on, of course. Yeah, we'll talk about restaurants and food in another episode. But yeah, uh, although it's not as cosmopolitan as if you lived in London or something, uh, the cost of living here is about four or five times less than living in London. So, you know, you have to give up a few things to have that sort of stuff going on. Uh, And speaking of cost of living as well, uh, medical care is super cheap. And sure, once again, obviously not as good as like France or the UK or USA for medical care. The quality isn't quite there, but it is actually pretty good. So overall, decent. And if you go to private facilities, you are you can actually pay out of pocket and not even bother with medical insurance and you can normally afford most things. But if you want medical insurance, basic medical insurance starts from $5 a month. Um, I don't know if you want to be on the cheapest package. We're, we're definitely not, but I think we're on the like $25 a month package and that's that's still got a lot of inclusions. Get most of my dentist's appointments for free, doctor's appointments mostly for free. Uh, yeah, it, it actually, for $25 a month, pretty amazing. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things also that attracted us to coming to Georgia, we have actually traveled quite extensively around the world and you know set up shop in a few places, stayed for a few months to see what we thought of the different destinations. And one of the things that we did keep finding that is if you have an expat community, the majority of people do tend to be retirees. Totally cool, fun group of people. We've we've definitely had some really good times having a few drinks with some of the, the retirees, but it does help if you have a group of people that are similar to your own age. And that is what we found. I mean, we're in our late 30s. Uh, this is what we found here in Tbilisi. I think you can get anything from, if you're from your early 20s, all the way up. I mean, there are other retirees here as well. There's a good variety of people who have chosen to make Tbilisi home. So you can create a friend network here, depending on where you are in your life. So yeah, if you're a young freelancer, 
you'll find people that are doing that. If you're a young teacher, you'll find people that are doing that. We recently had a child here. So we found other families, the people that have either moved here with kids or had kids here the same as us. There's lots of people that are doing that same thing or, you know, whatever it is that you're into, you'll find people that are at that same stage of life as you and actually make friends, which I don't know. I, I didn't think of it much until I realized that we had it here. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I mean, obviously it depends where you are. I mean, if you consider moving to London as an expat, uh, then of course that city is full of young professionals and there's lots going on. Uh, even Lisbon, uh, of course, uh, lots of sort of like the young tech community and freelance community, people moving there. Tbilisi compared to say any sort of smaller expat community that you'd find is, is pretty good, pretty good variety. And one of the really cool things that I like about it here is it's all more experienced travelers who settle here. Yes. This is not the place that people go, I am leaving my home country for the very first time to live in Tbilisi forever. This is people almost always, almost everyone we meet who's been here for more than six months or so, someone who are actually becoming people who really live here rather than just people passing through. They've already been to major European cities. They've already been to quite a few countries. Maybe they spent some time in Thailand as well. And they've eventually ended up in Georgia. And a lot of them have obviously seen the benefits, uh, amazing cost of living and everything else and gone, well, I've tried so many other places and this place is really good. <laughs> it's off the beaten track a little bit. So it's not somewhere I would have thought of going first. But now that I've been to other places and come here, I, I sort of, I like it. This is great. Yeah, I want to be here or I want to come back here every summer and get that 183 days in so that I can have my 1% tax rate and then travel the rest of the year. So that's a really huge, huge reason to be here. And also, um, yeah, as we said, sort of family-friendly, but not just as in meeting other expats, but family-friendly in terms of the Georgian community and the way that you're treated if you're someone with kids. I mean, you've you've obviously found this, Meg, a lot hanging around with our son, uh, the, the way that uh, people are so helpful here if you've got kids. Georgians love kids absolutely adore kids. And so, I mean, I can't walk down the street or go to the supermarket without somebody wanting to at least say hi to Isaac. Uh, but also, yeah, you find that if you are getting groceries, they'll let you go ahead of them. Or, you know, different things. Like if you jump into a taxi with your kids, the taxi drivers often tend to drive a bit slower, a little less crazy. Uh, if you've got a kid in there, uh, there's just, yeah, there's just this different level of attention that you get because they really appreciate kids and they love having kids here. And yeah, I don't know. It's really special. I like it a lot. I like the family friendly atmosphere here. And everywhere is family friendly in terms of like restaurants and even bars, although you might not want to take your kids to a, to a bar at 2am or whatever. But if you're in some Georgian restaurant at 11 o'clock at night and your kids are the age that they're happy doing that sort of stuff, and Georgian kids are all happy doing that sort of stuff. I mean, you're seeing three-year-olds sleeping in prams at, at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, it's the family goes out together. They hang out together. If the kids need a nap, they take a nap while the rest of the family is dancing or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, there is no thing where you walk in where the staff look at you and go, oh, you brought your kids here? Why did you do that? They're like, oh, your kids are here. That's amazing. Here, have a table. Like they, they just love it. So that's really cool. Um, one last thing to mention. I mean, there, there's so many things we could mention, but I know we're like 40 minutes in already. So we, we don't want to go too long with this and we will cover these topics more. Um, getting things here. So we said before that we can't get everything. The stuff like halloumi and a few other bits and pieces that we'd really love to be able to get here easily. And it's not that easy. But 
getting things from abroad here, especially ordering in from like the US and Germany and the UK is super easy because we have this amazing service, which actually I don't know if other countries have this and they should. One of them's called USA to Georgia. There's one called Kiwi Post. There's one called Camex. Effectively, these are a bunch of guys who set up a company that's based in Delaware. Uh, and there's now lots of other places all around the world that has these where they deliver things in from. So no if you're taxes ordering, in Delaware, yeah, by the way. 0% taxes in Delaware. So you can order on Amazon at 0% tax. Your items get delivered to Delaware. Then they get put on a plane either every day or every week, depending on how regular the shipment is and which company you're using. And they get delivered here to Tbilisi. And then a courier will drop them at your house. And how much is this going to cost you? It's going to cost you seven US dollars per kilo. That's it. That is it. Uh, if your product is over a 300 Georgian Lari, so about 100 US dollars, you're going to pay some taxes on that, 18% VAT to import it, maybe some other import taxes. But if you're ordering just uh, small items, uh, f- like interesting food products that you can't get here or whatever, then you're just paying that $7 a kilo. And that is like uh, as soon as it's delivered to Delaware, getting it to your, your front door. There's a, like a little tiny fee, like a dollar extra fee to get it delivered to your front door. Or you can pick it up from their office. And that's it. You can pretty much anything that you need that's not a huge, massive, heavy item. If you can't find it in Georgia, you just order it from Amazon. Super easy. Yeah. Also, that said, I'm becoming more and more impressed with how much is actually available here in Georgia. There, as I said, you know, I can't get Vegemite because they don't make Vegemite here. But there are people that are trying to replicate these things. They see that there is a need for a particular item. And so they try and make that happen. So when I was pregnant with Isaac, I needed a, I wanted a pregnancy pillow to sleep with at night. And I was like, how am I going to get that here? And there was a company that is making them. There's, you know, different things. There's a, a guy who, he's actually an Australian. He started making bagels here because he realized that you couldn't get a good New York style bagel. And he's now teamed up with a guy who's doing lots of cured meats and and they're doing golden syrup and peanut butter and it's you know all of these things just when you think oh i wish i could get blah 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 suddenly it's available it's really really cool like how much you can just easily turn around and be like wait you can get that here now that's fantastic i love the initiative that they're showing to actually try and make things you know just more cosmopolitan with having having that here having the access to it yeah, it's a mix of locals and expats doing this. So, yeah, it's it's not just an Oh, yeah, totally, thing. totally. No, like the ladies making the pregnancy pillows were total locals who were just like, we're going to make baby blankets and we're going to make uh, swaddles and we're going to make pregnancy pillows and feeding pillows and everything. And we're like, that's amazing, cool. Yeah, so lots of awesome stuff going on with that. Yeah, we talked about all of the really good stuff. And I'd even say since 2016 when we first came here, the amount of stuff that has changed and improved has been huge. Like It's so much easier to do everything. Things that are here are here. As I said, products that weren't here before, even just in the last six months, things have changed so much. You know, Everything's changing all the time. So if you're listening to this and you're not even here yet, and you're coming in a year or two, uh, you find things that we're even going to talk about in a minute, like things that are a problem uh, that you have to worry about. Uh, maybe that's improved as well. So it's pretty amazing how fast the country is changing. They're really tech forward as well. Uh, So like, yeah, the internet being super fast, the government being all about getting all the services digital. So like now, if you're a resident, you don't even have to go sign pieces of paper. You just sign everything on the online portal. Like they are getting everything as digitized as possible so that you don't have to mess around and it's simplifying bureaucracy and it's simplifying the way everything's done. Yeah, if your internet gets cut off because you didn't pay the bill, you just pay the bill. 
and about 15 minutes later your internet just works again you don't even have to like contact the company you don't have to wait for someone to come around and do something i mean i know that's probably happening a lot more in other countries now than it was like three or four years ago when we lived in other places but um here it's always sort of been like that in 2016 you just, you want to upgrade the internet you literally just pay them an extra 10 lari and then it's just done within like 10 minutes it's pretty incredible it's definitely not that like that in australia is it even now no, <laughs> Australia's a complete mess for that oh, sort of thing. Australia's internet, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, poor Australia. All right, All right, so now we have to get into the difficulties because, you know what, it's not perfect living here. We have just talked it up a whole bunch because we do love it. We are very passionate about Georgia and living in Tbilisi in particular, but it doesn't come without its share of difficulties. And there are some things that are going to like be the breaking point for some people they'll just be like absolutely not can't handle that that's not my place and that's cool that's absolutely fine but yeah we we can't do all the positives without telling you at least some of the negatives that we've found while living here some people may agree some people may disagree but this is what we think are some of the more difficulties of living here in georgia and Tbilisi. yeah so the language is georgian and if you don't know what Georgian sounds like, I'm not going to try and do it for you because that would just be embarrassing. Uh, but there's a lot of hard uh, consonants. There's a lot of strange sounds that we don't use in English. Uh, it's one of the hardest languages in the world to learn. The alphabet is completely unique and is not used in any other language in the world apart from Georgian. As we said, there's actually multiple alphabets, but the main one that's Georgian, uh, it, it's it's like crazy curvy letters. I mean, you could learn it and you should learn it, but uh, you know, you're not going to just turn up here and go, oh, it looks a bit like English. It looks a bit like Spanish. It's all in Latin. It's easy. It's not. Quite a lot of people speak English. Um, if they don't speak English, most people speak Russian and Georgian. So it's either English and Georgian or Russian and Georgian. A few people don't speak English or Russian. In the capital city. In Tbilisi, almost everyone will speak either English or Russian. So if you can learn some Russian instead or you already know some Russian, then that's a benefit. If you don't know some Russian, uh, then you just look for someone who's under 30. And most people under 30 know quite a bit of English or enough to at least get what you need. Or we just go back to the old school way of doing things like we always did when we travel to places. Uh, you just point at stuff and, <laughs> and have a really awkward game of charades. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so in Tbilisi, you usually don't have much of a trouble. It's when you head out into the villages that you're definitely going to have a little bit more difficulty when it comes to translation. but as we said before, people are very, very friendly and will try and help you as much as possible anyway. So it's not too much of an issue. We haven't had a it's problem with fine. that. It's fine. can figure and it what out. happens is you go into a store. We go into our local fruit and veg store. He doesn't speak any English at all, and I don't speak Russian. And what happens is he just ends up giving me wine to drink in the store with him, and we laugh and joke about that. I buy some cucumbers, and, and I'm on my way. That's normally what actually happens. <laughs> so you don't I know. Speak the I same went in there today and he did not offer me any wine. It's like your little special buddy thing going on. I bought so much wine from him. I mean, I can't leave. Like, if I try to leave without buying, it feels rude. So I think he's figured that out and he just keeps giving me wine every time I go in. So I'll <laughs> buy more wine. So, yeah, that's fun. Uh, something that's less fun is the driving, as we said. I, I think the driving standard is probably the worst. One of the biggest negatives to living in and Georgia. And as you said, Georgians will agree. It's terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. They don't take real care. You're always bumper to bumper. I mean, look, we found good drivers. And if we go out of town, we normally hire a driver rather than hiring a car because it's relatively affordable to hire a driver. And we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, so by the time you've hired a car, you're going to pay sort of just a little around double the price of hiring a budget car. You can hire a guy with a car. 
uh, and he drive car, you don't have to worry about everything. And as long as you know the guy is a good guy, which is the first first get here, but you know we've got people we'll recommend, then it's easy. Uh, they'll just drive you around, and you don't have to worry about it or stress about it, and they drive a little more safely. But everyone else on the road is driving like lunatics. That's the issue. So, yeah, don't walk too close to the side of the road when you're walking along uh, the sidewalk. Always look both ways when crossing a street, even if you think it's a one-way street. Even if it is a one-way street, look both ways. I wouldn't even look both ways. I'd look all four ways. <laughs> I'd look behind you just in case there's a, a motorbike, Glovo delivery, like That's food delivery true. driving directly behind you. Yeah. Because that definitely happens. And then you step back from the road and you've been hit by a motorbike. <laughs> so or scooters fun. now, though. You've got all the scooters around town now. Yeah, lots of scooters for getting around. So, yeah, uh, the driving's insane. You just have to accept it. We sort of come to accept it and, yeah, just leave people bad reviews on taxi apps if they don't have seatbelts because they should have seatbelts. If they're on a taxi app, they're supposed to have them. Legally, they don't have to have seatbelts in the back and that is the problem. Legally, they don't have to, but the taxi apps expect them to, but the taxi apps don't really enforce it. So the only way to enforce it is to leave them a one-star review whenever you get someone without a, without that because then they won't get taxi rides. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll be doing safer for that sort of thing. What else? What else is important? We mentioned the service before, like restaurant service. There, they can sometimes be pretty surly. I have to admit, it's got a lot better since 2016. It's constantly getting better. Younger people, especially if they speak a bit of English, I think some of the problem before was they see you come in, they don't speak your language, and they just don't want to talk to you, so they just ignore you because they're they're afraid to mess it up or or whatever. That was part of it. Uh, not all of it. Some of it was just pure rudeness. <laughs> That's definitely true. <laughs> I have uh, to say, Georgians have a little bit of fire in their belly. So <laughs> it's one of those things that like, even if you are at a restaurant and you end up in a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say altercation. That's a bit of an extreme can word. almost get to that. Yeah. But, but they've got fire. So, you know, it, it, they don't have a customer is always right mentality here. No. They will fight you on things. <laughs> like They'll be like, no. No. Or just ignore you. Well, they'll put you in the yeah. They'll either ignore you or put you in your place. So yeah. <laughs> there's definitely people will not hesitate to put you in your place if they if they feel like you need it. So and people can come from a place where yeah, service is super happy and or customers always right. And when they encounter service here, they're quite offended. So it is what it is. Just roll with it. It's fine. Be friendly to everybody, and they'll be friendly back to you. And if they're not, just be extra super friendly to them and just. <laughs> Kill them with kindness. Tipping culture isn't really a massive thing here. So you can tip in restaurants and you should, but it's not a big thing. It's not expected. So I guess that's also a bit. There's literally no motivation to provide better or worse service because uh, you're just not going to get any tips. And the wages aren't particularly great in the first place. So um, yeah, if you're working a restaurant job, it's a pretty rough time anyway. So, you know, I'm I'm not judging people for, for being a little... Uh, a little upset all the time when they're working in those jobs and, and having to deal with customers. But yeah, you're not going to get a US level service at any point. Ever. Don't expect that. But then you go to someone's house and they literally like family the second you walk through the door. So, that you know, two sides of that coin. Uh, speaking of restaurants, don't actually ever expect your order to come out the way you think it will. So there's been many times that we have ordered, let's say we've ordered a salad, we've ordered a meat dish and we've ordered a bread dish. The bread dish will somehow come out first. Uh, or maybe the meat dish will come out first. Yeah, it'll just be a plate of meat, and then like, okay, uh, the starters, the salad, I'm like, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming later. Yeah, sometimes we've thought that they've completely forgotten about the salad, and we've eaten so much, we're like, whew, glad they forgot about that salad, and then it'll turn up on the table, and you're like, awesome, here it is, and I'm so full. So don't get stressed out about the order that your food comes out, even 
you know, some people, if you're in a group of people sitting at a table, some people might get their meals before you get yours. You might be waiting a little longer. It's best just to take a deep breath, go with the flow. Hopefully you will eventually get your food and then everybody will be happy. But sometimes, yeah, the system just doesn't work like you think that it should. Yeah. But a huge amount of the time you are, if you're going to eat properly here, if you're going to eat like a Georgian, then you're going to be sharing the food. So whatever comes out, you just share it. It shouldn't be a sitting around going like, well, Dave got his food. Where's my food? I'm hungry. You're not going to be doing any of that. You're just going to be getting everything coming out and you start eating. If it's out, it's hot, eat it. Uh, No messing around, which happens in a lot of countries as well. But I know in some places you think, well, everyone should have every single dish arrive at exactly the same time so we can all eat together. You're not going to have that. Unless you go to a fine dining restaurant, of which there are very few, you are not going to get that. What else? Accommodation. Yeah. Quality of accommodation can definitely vary. But of course, if you're staying here long term, then you're going to get a chance to go around and actually see the places. Uh, renting is a big topic that we'll spend a whole episode on because there's a ton of scams that are really annoying, especially when you're trying to find a place and real estate agents are really bad a lot of the time. So not a lot of fun. Also, um, things to know if you are looking at moving here, uh, most places, even if you buy or if you are renting, places come furnished. Even if you buy a place, it comes completely furnished. So all that yeah. furniture is going to be staying there. So if you turn up with all your stuff, you've got to figure out what to do with all the stuff that is in the house because it's it's staying there. And I've never seen that before. I find it really surprising. I've got a friend who's moving house in Brisbane right now, and she showed me the pictures of her new place, and it's like empty. No washing machine, no fridge, no nothing. Where here, you everything comes with the yeah. place. Plates, cutlery. Essentially, even if you're moving into a long-term rental for a year or two years, it's going to be almost as kitted out as much as an Airbnb is. That's just normal, completely standard. So, you know, when you're shopping around for a place, you're not just looking for location and and what the walls look like and how they're painted. You're looking for what does the furniture look like because that is staying and you will have to use it. So that's a thing. Is the bed comfortable? Actually, check the bed (laughs) because you get a place with a horrible bed, you end up buying a mattress like we did. Because we didn't check the yeah. bed before we moved in. But we will cover all of this in the in the uh, rental. For and, and sure. Because we we're getting close to running out of time here. Yeah, some of your favorite things might not be available. We mentioned this already. You can get them on Amazon. If they're big things, they might just not sell them here. So you can't get everything. That's life. Um, wheelchair accessibility is not great at all. Uh, sidewalks in a lot of places, although the city government uh, in Tbilisi is doing really well at refurbishing a lot of the city, like really, really well. Parks have been like beautifully refurbished. Facades of old town have been beautifully refurbished. There's still a lot to do. So yeah, uh, wheelchair access hasn't necessarily been put into public buildings in, in a lot of places and the sidewalks were a nightmare. And I suppose pollution's one of the, that's probably my second worst after the driving, the summer pollution is a little bit frustrating in the city, but only really in, in Tbilisi, not anywhere else. We so, are in a valley and it just settles. The pollution yeah. just settles here. So Quite uh, a lot of traffic. Yeah. So we didn't mention the traffic during the driving part, but um, it's nothing like London or New York. We have like two hours in the evening, three hours in the evening where it's really annoying and you don't want to travel if you don't have to. And sort of like one and a half, two hours in the morning where it's a bit bad. But during the day and during the night, there's, there's not really enough traffic to worry about. Everything's normally fine. But yeah, all of that sort of pollution from all of that traffic that does come through the city, it sort of all just hangs in the air. And when it's the middle of summer, it's like, eh, don't like this too much. But we're not living in Beijing, where you can't even see the building next to you on a bad day because there's so much pollution in the air. Here, it's just a little bit worse than if you were living in like a, a modern European city in, in the EU. 
That's really what we're saying. That's about it, really, isn't it? I mean, we're almost hitting the hour, so I think we better wrap it up. Yeah. So as we said, a lot of these different things we're really going to delve more into in individual episodes. So uh, this was just sort of like a highlight of, you know, why to come here, why to visit, why we love it. Yeah. The reason why we started a podcast is because we're passionate about it. So if we seem a little bit like, yeah, it's the best, it's because we think it's the best. So, (laughs) you know, and we're not uh, blind to the fact that there are some problems with with living here, but we'll cover some of those in other episodes and we'll speak to other expats as well to give you guys more of an insight of what it's really like to travel here or come and live here permanently so that you guys can, you know, be as prepared as possible for when you turn up on our doorstep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been to 90 countries between the two of us and we've chosen to now live in Georgia long term, I mean, three years now as at time of recording. So there is a reason why we're here and I hope some of that came across uh, through this episode. It, it's easy to live. I, th- I think that's probably, if you want to sum it up in a sentence, it's easy to live here. Even though there are some bits that are up around the edges, it's just easy. Things, if you want to get things done, you can just get them done. It, I, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. So thanks for joining me today, Tom. Oh, thanks for joining me, Whitey. No problem. I guess I'll see you next time. Yeah, you might even see me in like two minutes because we're in the same room. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'll also see you on the next episode, I think. I think that'll work. Okay, let's do that then. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, As always, follow, subscribe, maybe leave a review. If you like the show, leave a five-star review. If you don't like the show, send us a private email rather than leaving us a one-star review because, you know, that's just plain mean. Just just plain mean. So, yeah, uh, let us know. If you've got any feedback, if there's any topics you want us to cover, we've already got a list of about uh, 100 different topics that we're going to cover over the next couple of years. So we are not sure the topics, but if we get a lot of requests, we might bump some stuff to the front of the line, you know? So um, send them in. Uh, where, where are we these days? Facebook, Tbilisi Podcast. Yep, Instagram yep. at Tbilisi Podcast. Uh, you can also email me at megzi at foodfundtravel.com and I will respond to your emails there. Nice. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Tbilisi Podcast. Connect with us at foodfundtravel.com slash Podcast, where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com.